0: Amen. I'm again so thankful that we have a governor who will do such a thing. Praise God. I can tell you this is not happening in every state. Amen. All right. Let's open again our Bibles to, um, let's see, Jeremiah chapter 11. And we're going to get back to, finally, <laughs> our uh, series before all this hidden. We We uh, shared a different topic dealing with what we, uh, with this public health crisis, and we were talking about living a life of discovery, discovering who we are in Christ, discovering who he is, who God is, what we are in him. Thank you, Lord. And I think this will also fit right in with what we are dealing with today. Praise God. And we just bless his name because he is good and his mercy and do it forever. Deuteronomy, uh, excuse me, <coughs> we will some, at some point be going Deuteronomy. But anyway, um, Jeremiah chapter 29. Now, we've covered uh, some territory and looked at some things and talked about this verse in its context. But so uh, we won't do that again today. But Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11, 12, and 13 and then we read in chapter 25 and then in Daniel. We won't do all that again because, again, we, are, we have gone through that. Here we go. Ready? We ready? <laughs> I still heard a page turning. All right. Ready? Read. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. Then shall you call upon me, and ye shall go... And pray unto me, and I will hearken unto you, and ye shall seek me and find me, when ye shall seek for me with your whole heart. And I will be found of you, saith the Lord, and I will away your captivity, and I will gather together you from all nations, and from all the places whither driven you, saith the Lord, and I will bring you again into the place whence I cause you to be carried away. Well that was one more verse than what we read but you know that's good too amen let's let's go to one more let's go ahead and do daniel Daniel chapter nine hallelujah glory to God Daniel chapter nine wrong direction there and verses <clears throat> one through three we'll try to get all right, are we ready? Read. In the first year of, of the sea, which was made king, in the first year of his reign, I, Daniel, understood by books the numbers of the years whereof the words of the Lord came to Jeremiah the prophet that he would accomplish 70 years in the desolation of Jerusalem. And I set my face unto the Lord God to seek by prayer and supplication with fasting and sackcloth and ashes. Praise God. God bless you. You may be seated in his holy and wonderful presence. Father, we thank you. We praise you for this day. We thank you, Lord, for all that you're doing in our midst. Father, we just bless you because uh, we see in your word where if we will indeed search for you with our whole heart, you're not hiding from us. But, Father, we have to turn our heart towards you. So we give you the praise and the glory as we discover more and more of who you are and who we are in you. So we bless you and we praise you. We give you the glory in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. All right. So we, uh, when we looked at this, I'm, and we're at the part now where we're talking about who is God We looked at just a little bit of that, and we said there were two things God, or rather God is revealed to us in two ways, in an impersonal way and in a personal way. He is revealed to us as creator in an impersonal way, meaning he's the one that put all this stuff out here. (laughs) Glory to God. And we see that in Genesis 1, 1, and in Hebrews 11, uh, verse 1 through 3. And then he is revealed to us in a personal way, which is as our Father, glory to God. And so we're going to uh, look at that today, more of that, because you know we talked about Him being Jehovah, the self-existent One, the spaceless, timeless, pre-existent, omnipotent, omniscient, immaterial, personal, and moral God. Listen, if we don't know who God is and we don't set ourselves to find out who God is, then other people will tell us who God is. They'll create God in their image for you. Like, things like, that's an act of God. God is doing this, you know. And, and blame all these evil and wicked things on God. And if you don't know who God is, you'll agree with him. And you can't have faith In someone that you think is doing you bad. They are none of us, and we think that someone is doing us bad that we have faith in them. If someone is doing us bad, what is our uh, natural reaction to that? If someone, you know, now we know the Word of God teaches us that we have to love, and love takes no account of the evil done to it. Love pays no attention to or suffer wrong. That is correct, but we still don't have any faith in someone who we know is doing us bad. Glory to God. And it's not the discipline, and, and some people say, well, God is disciplining he's taking me through a hard way. No, 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 friends, he disciplines us with his word. Hallelujah. So, let's begin to take a look. Go to Genesis chapter 17, and we are going to find out today who God is. Glory to God. God was not revealed so much in the Old Testament as a father as a father because under the Old Covenant nobody was born again God dealt with them more from the outside now there were a few that 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 they if you will they looked ahead as God's as the word of God tells us that Abraham it righteousness, let me say it like this, righteousness was imputed unto Abraham or he was given credit for righteousness even though he wasn't righteous because he was under the Old Testament. But God will never, listen, never limit our faith. So for those people who were, even though they were under the Old Covenant, man, when they stretched out there. It start getting into things that were in the new covenant, getting the revelation and beginning to walk in it, God wouldn't God would say, no, you can't do that because, you know, uh, Jesus had. No, he wouldn't. He would let you go as far as you could go. He would let you go as far as you could go. Look how far Enoch went. He just walked right on with God. Hallelujah. So, so wherever we are, friends, God will never, listen to me, never put a cap on your faith. So it's how far do you want to go with him? Hallelujah! We say he. Uh, let's 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 get let's let's get into this man because ooh, you know sometimes you're so excited you're trying to get your thoughts to flow because I want to say like seventeen things at one time. <laughs> Hallelujah! So let's look at Genesis 17. All right, here we go now. God we see Abraham comes on the scene in Genesis chapter 11 and we're really introduced to him and God together in Genesis chapter 12 and we see the blessings that in Genesis chapter 12 uh, when God said, I will bless you and make of you a mighty nation and so forth. Then we jump right to Genesis 13 and God says, God has already blessed him with silver and gold and cattle and he had so much Man, so I don't know where this ideal that God wants us to be poor when when Genesis is the book, it's the book of beginning, but it's also the book of established patterns. That's what Jesus said when they came and asked him about divorce. He said, in the beginning it was not so. God created them male and female. So however God set it up in Genesis, in the beginning, that's the pattern. And how did he set Abraham up? He called him, listen, he called him out of Ur the Chaldees, moon worshipers, or we could say called him out of the world. Now, this is a type in the shadow. And, and, and he began a relationship with God. We would say today he got saved. Okay, y'all with me? Well, now a Sunday school lesson, right? So today we would say he, he got saved. And, and the first thing God did was make the man rich. made people afraid to mess with him, even when Abraham wasn't doing everything uh, exactly the way God said to do it, even, <laughs> you know, now this is just true. He, uh, he told a half-truth, if you will, to save his life, because he said Sarah was not, you know, th- she's my sister. Now, she was his sister, but she became his wife, which supersedes the other relationship. And he told uh, Abimelech, that's my sister. So Abimelech, I mean, she was a good-looking woman. She had to be. The king brought brought her into his harem, and God spoke to him, Abimelech, in a dream. He says, if you touch her, I will kill you, for she is another man's wife. And Abimelech said, now, Lord, you know, in my integrity, I, I haven't put a hand on her. Now, he told me, your man, now think about this. If a heathen can have a conversation with God, and then we're talking about, well, I just can't get through to God. A heathen is talking to God. <laughs> a heathen. He says, now, you know, in the integrity of my heart, I took her to be, you know, but he she said, I haven't touched her, though. I have not touched her. He made it clear to God, God, I ain't touched her. I didn't touch her. <laughs> and, and, and God said, I know you haven't. He said, because you had a, your, your heart was right, he says, I'm going to bless you. Now, he said, I want you to bless my servant. Give her back, restore restore her back to him, and you bless him. He gave Abraham. Now, Abraham may have been broke when he went down there. Go go to Genesis 13. Come on. We got to do this thing. We we have to break this mindset uh, because now coming up in church, I was told, they may have not said it explicitly, but implicitly, it was always taught poor is better. I could never figure it out. That was another one of those things I just could not agree with that poor, but poverty somehow made you more holy. We did not live holy and we went to church and we were very poverty stricken. So poverty did not make us live holy. (laughs) It might have made us live holy with holes in our clothes, but it sure didn't make us live holy. Now look at here, Genesis, look at Genesis, go to Genesis 12 since we're already there. Verse 1, now the Lord God had said unto Abram, had said, so the conversation has actually started before here. This is where we pick up. Get thee out of thy, uh, unto Abram, get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred and from thy father's house unto a land that I will show thee, and I will make of thee a great nation, and I will bless thee and make thy name great. Where is, Lil poor for me, so where is it at? This is what I'm saying? We have to know what the Word says, not what somebody come up with on their own. Look at what he says, verse 3. Why is America so blessed? And I will bless them that bless thee. (laughs) Israel doesn't have a greater friend than the United States of America. And curse him that curseth thee. I'm telling you, friends, you go to Israel and you see where uh, God's people live, the Israelites live, it's plush, it's green, it's nice, and you look over where God's, these are not God's people, it's burnt over and brown. I mean, it's like looking out there and see the green, looking over there and see the burnt over and brown. You'd be like, what? God, not God. It's, it's really. All right? So he says, and, and in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. Jump over to chapter 13. Oh, hallelujah. And you can see at the end of chapter 12 where, where um, you know, Pharaoh wanted Sarah to be in his harem. I said Abimelech, Pharaoh. It happened with Abimelech also. Now look at verse uh, 13. Let's see, verse 13. Chapter 13, verse 1. And Abram went up out of Egypt, he and his wife, and all he, that he had, and Lot, with him into the south. And Abram was what? He was rich, wasn't he? No, he was very rich. And he was very rich. Watch this now. Because, you know, we have the, the saints that like to spiritualize everything. I like what, what, the way the Bible says it. And he was very rich in cattle. In, what else? Silver and in gold. That's money. If they just said cattle and sheep, you could argue the point. But you can't argue the point when he says silver and gold. Why do you think God put that in there? So we couldn't get confused. Now let's read just a little bit more. And he went on his journey from the south, even to Bethel, unto the place where his tent had been at the beginning between Bethel and Hiah, Hai, unto the place of the altar which he had made there. At the first, Abraham was an altar builder, friends. Glory to God. He stayed before the Lord. And there, Abram called on, this is going to be real important to us. He called on what? The name of the Lord. Hallelujah. And Lot also, which which went with Abram, had flocks and herds and tents. He got blessed because he was around Abram. And the land was not able to bear them, listen, that they might dwell together for their substance was so great so that they could not dwell together. Now I want you to think about this. We can go on back to chapter 17. He says their substance was so great. They had so much that they couldn't even stay in the same area. They had to divide. Their herdsmen were begin to fight. Does this sound like somebody living in poverty? No. No, it's not. And I'm saying that to say this. God wants his people blessed. Hallelujah. Now, we're back to chapter 17. Now, here's what I want to point out to you, that God had just called Abraham at this point. He had not actually cut the covenant with him. Y'all, listen, think about this. He's blessing this man like this before he has a covenant with him. He just, he just said, okay, he just said yes to God. He said yes to God and the blessings start flowing before, he's even, before he even has the covenant. You could say that this is, they are uh, engaged at this point, but the marriage hasn't taken place. Glory to God. You know, when, when, uh, when my wife and I got engaged, That meant that all other suitors is over. Even though we were not married, but we were what? Engaged. That meant everything else get cut off right there. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Now, here we go. Verse 1. We'll try this again. So, who is God? Let's find out. When Abram was 90 years old and nine, God had spoken to him of what, about 24 years prior to that. So from chapter 11 to chapter 17, we have about 24 years expiring there. The Lord appeared to Abram, look at the name, Abram, A-B-R-A-M, and said unto him, I am the almighty God. Now this is where we have to park for just a little bit. He said, I am the almighty God. I am El Shaddai. God is El, almighty Shaddai. Now, being Westerners, these things don't mean as much to us as it did to them. When he said, I am almighty God, now I want us to think, think, when we read the Bible, we see words and we think that those words belong specifically to the Bible and they don't apply out here anywhere in the world. That's not true. L meant E L meant God. And it may have applied when you're reading, it could apply to listen, listen to what it said. I am Almighty God. El, you know El, because when I say El, God talked to Abraham. When I say El, you just heard God. But then he added, I'm Shaddai. I'm almighty. Now, that also means, like in a family, you take an extended family where you have a patriarch. You've got, perhaps, living a great-grandfather, and you have a good family structure. Well, you have someone you call daddy, granddaddy, you know, papaw, and then you call the other one big daddy. Meaning what? He is, the, he is at the top of the food chain. And everybody in the family, you have to go see big daddy. He's the head of the family. So when someone said L, God, and Shaddai, big daddy, meaning there's no one else above him and this is what God when he introduces himself to Abraham he says I am almighty God I am El Shaddai I am the big daddy it also carries this meaning I'm the burly one you know you know the the old pictures we expect you know Paw to have a have a little prosperity around his waist you know he's the big daddy I remember growing up uh my, uh, they were actually in-laws, like grandmother-in-law and, and uh, uh, grandfather-in-law. I guess you'd call them step. But we called her Big Mama because there wasn't nobody else ahead of her. They lived down in Dumas. And we called him Big Papa. And she lived to be, I think, like 101. So she was really Big Mama. You know, now, you know, for a little child, that seemed like they were like 900 years old. But again, everybody sat at their feet. So you get the picture here, an extended family, and and, and it's almost like you're rolling them in on a throne because they're the head of the family. They are big dad. Don't nothing in the family move unless they say so. Get a picture of that. And this is how God is introducing himself to Abraham because remember, Abraham was an, uh, an idol worshiper. He worshiped El. Gods, But he had never met Shaddai. He had never met Shaddai. Glory. And in that word, Shaddai, is D-A-D, dad. I love it. That's in the word. So he never met that. He said, oh, everybody has some kind of God. Somebody's God may have looked like this rock. Somebody's God may have looked like that vase. Somebody's God may have looked like that water bottle. So remember when Laban, Laban got mad uh, because Jacob left and, and Rachel took some of Laban's gods with her? And when, he, when Laban overtook Jacob and he says, you've taken my daughter and my children and somebody stole my gods. Well, if your God can get stolen, then he needs to be stolen. <laughs> God, look at it. They had him down in the bag. Did you get to your God yet? Well, I think I put something else on top of him. That's right. Big L is on top of him. Hallelujah. And so, friends, here we go. That, that L is God. And again, Shaddai, is, he's the almighty. There's nothing mightier than him. So he's introducing himself to Abraham. And then he says, walk before me and be thou perfect because there's no one greater than I am and listen to what he says and I will make my covenant between me and thee catch the wording here catch the wording here he didn't say I will make a covenant with you he said I'll make a covenant between me and thee it's very important very important I'll make a covenant between me and thee. When you read all the way down through here, God told Abraham, go get two halves. Go get a cow and this, that, and they and, and told him what animals to get. Cut them in half. Told him how to do it. And Abraham was waiting on God to do something next. It gets late. He starts getting sleepy. The buzzer's coming by, and Abraham's shooing him away. And then Abraham goes to sleep because his, his physical body just, you know, at some point you got to rest. You cutting up animals, you get tired. And then in, in a dream, Abraham sees figures, images of people, of two men, walking between the halves in the blood in a figure eight, which represents what? infinity, forever. So, he says, I'll make a covenant with thee. I'll make a, let me me read this, I want the proper reading of this. And he said, I will make my covenant between, brother. That's the word. But who was he making a covenant with? There were two people there. One was El Shaddai, God Almighty. Or who was the other? The other was Jesus. He made the covenant with Jesus. It's an everlasting covenant. A covenant that never comes to an end. So he had to cut the covenant, God had to cut the covenant with someone who was eternal, but yet still had to be a man. Now here's what we call the precarnate Christ. If you want to get real fancy and technical, when you look at it, it's called a Christophany. An appearance of Christ in the Old Testament. (laughs) I love it. So God, Abraham is asleep. But God allowed him to see the covenant being cut in in visions and images. And he sees these figures. And that figure is God, almighty El Shaddai, and the eternal son of God. They're walking in that blood, and they are speaking covenant language to one another. I'll do this for you. I'll do this for you. This is my covenant. Everything I have is yours, and they're constantly walking in that figure eight, in that blood. And Abraham is just looking at that. See, friends, it's not for uh, Listen, we can't keep, well, let me change that. No man has kept the covenant perfectly except for one. And that was the man that made the covenant, Jesus. Our representative, just like Adam represented us in the fall, Jesus represented us in the cutting of the covenant. That's what we're talking about. Who is, who, who is this God? He's the God that we're in covenant with, with an everlasting covenant in blood. Man, I'm the mighty one. Look at verse 3. Well, verse 2. Verse 2. And I will make my covenant between me and thee, and will multiply thee exceedingly. And Abram fell on his face, and God talked with him, saying, As for me, behold, my covenant is with thee, and thou shalt be a father, listen at this, of many nations. Now, verse 5, verse 5 and verse 15. Neither shall thy name any more be called Abram. Now, this is part of covenant making. This is part of covenant making. And that's an exchange of names. Now, in the West, we've gotten away from it. And actually, because of the abuse and misunderstanding of covenant practice, we really, let me say this specific, more specifically, men, when a woman says, I'm going to retain my last name and add yours with a hyphen, we're like, oh, they just one of those women living. But no, that actually came out of covenant practice. It came out of covenant practice let me just, let's, let's keep on. Are y'all hanging in here with me? Because when you find out, man, what's going on here? Hallelujah. He says, As, uh, uh, neither shall thy name anymore be called Abram, but thy name shall be Abraham. Abraham. Now look, for a father of many nations have I made thee. What is he saying to Abraham. I'm going to make you a big daddy, just like I'm big daddy. That's what he just said to him. And notice that he calls him now Abraham. Is Abram still in Abraham? Yeah. Abram is still, so he didn't drop his name. What God did was added his name to Abram's name. (laughs) <laughs> glory to God. He inserted his name right in Abram's name. Woo, glory to God. Just like, you know, when I met my wife, her, her name was Mary Webster. Now, if we, if we were still doing covenant practices, you know, like, like we should, like Scripture, you know, we all Bible people, but we don't even know the covenant because her name, she should not drop Webster. It should be Mary Webster Jackson. You you can go to some of those countries, particularly if you look south of the border, and and you'll hear people say their name, and there may be 15 names in there. Okay? And what is that? Well, what you do is go all the way back to that first last name, and that's where those two families start coming together. And then, as, as, as a daughter got married, or, or marriage took place, another family was added. You didn't drop the other family, and then somebody else got they got married from that lineage, another name was added. So it would be, you know, our great 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 grandchildren would be. Uh, 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 I'm gonna call say one. I'm gonna be named Mary. Mary Webster Jackson Jones Ford Light uh, Wendell. It would have all those names to recognize the covenant down through the years. Hallelujah. Think about the importance of a name. Remember, it was so important in their culture that if, if someone was married and the wife died, uh, excuse me, the husband died before the wife had children, the brother had to marry uh, his, his, his brother's wife, and raise up children so that his name would not be lost in the earth. That's why Lot's children, his two daughters, I mean, as, as uh, repulsive as that is, that's why his two daughters laid with him. Now, if you don't know what laid mean, then uh, um, get the dictionary and look it up. And they said, because uh, we have there are no men in the earth to come on into us, and so, we, you know, we're going to do this thing. Y'all yeah, remember we had that teaching on that. We're going to do this thing so our Father's name won't be lost in the earth. You know, over here, we don't think about anything. (laughs) We, We don't have a whole lot of traditions about anything. You know, we had to come over here and fight the wilderness. So what about all the rest of that? But God, right here, friends, right here. He says, but thy name shall be Abraham. He just stuck his name right in the middle there. Mm, mm, mm. Glory be to God. And God is trying to tell us, there's something about the name. There's something about the name. Other than us making up songs. A name means something. Credibility. Standing. I mean, you think about, in days gone by, it's certainly not true for the most part today, when men would just give their word. Well, what's that about? If your word is no good, your name is no good. Y'all remember the old Gunsmoke with Matt Dillon? One of my favorite episodes where this gang comes into town and, uh, and they, they, you know how the old cowboy, they would come into town and they holding the whole town hostage. And they're at the long branch with Kitty. And they got Matt Dillon, they, they, they're gonna kill Matt Dillon. You know, Kitty and Matt had a little thing going. And, and Kitty, Kitty, Kitty was betting the whole long branch and town and everything to save Matt. She liked that dude. And, uh, and so she, you know, she was playing the leader of the gang. They were playing poker. And they said, whoever wins this hand they get, you know, if she won, they had to let Matt go and leave town. If they won, they get to keep the town and kill Matt. Y'all don't forget what we're talking about. Don't, don't be trying to go on there and look at this episode, not in church. But anyway, you know, the guy had cheated. But, you know, Kitty, she was pretty slick herself. And so in, anyway, he played, man, he put that king down there, and he thought he won, and she come down with the ace. spy you yeah! And all the guys, they were like, man, you let her beat you. And they got their hat and they was walking out the door. He said, Where y'all going? We still got him. And the guy says, Look, man, I might be a murderer. I might be this, I might be that, but I ain't no welcher. A welcher is someone who goes back on their word. Yeah, I might be a bank robber. I might be a this. I mean, you name all that dirty list, but this guy says, Look, I would I still don't want my name messed up as a welcher. I ain't going back on my word. Now, you think about it, I'm saying, if, if crooks, gamblers, murderers, thieves, they say, I got to protect my name. I mean, it may not be any good, but among thieves. But at least nobody will know I'm a welcher. And doesn't the scripture, he may have read that one scripture where it says, a saint of God swears to his own hurt and changes not. That if I give my word, and it costs me everything I own on this earth to keep my word up to my life, I'm going to keep my word. I'm going to leave here with something intact. I'm going to leave here with my name intact at least. And this is what we've not never gotten into. Man, what does this name mean? Why is God saying Why is God changing his name? Because he is now in covenant with the man. They now have a covenant together. Everything in that covenant, everything Abraham has belongs to his covenant partner. But everything his covenant partner has belongs to him. The earth is the Lord's. And the fullness thereof, the world and they that dwell therein. Let's look at a little bit more of this. Go over to verse 15. Thank you, Lord. I said verse 5 and 15, y'all remember that? Now watch this. And God said unto Abraham, no more Abram. He went from being just father to father of nations, from being daddy to big daddy. He said unto Abraham, As for Sarai, thy wife, thou shalt not call her name Sarai, but look, but what? Sarah. Notice he did not throw out her name. He didn't throw it out. He didn't change it from Judy to Jones. Judy to Jane. No, he kept it. And, and now, she that name Sarah means princess. Glory to God. She's going to be fruitful. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, thank you, thank you. It's in the name. Now, let's look at a little, some more about this name. Go to 2 Chronicles. You ought to have this already. 2 Chronicles chapter 7. The importance of this name. Talking about who is God. He is the Almighty One. He is El Shaddai, the big burly father. It also, El Shaddai, that that, that name also is a feminine version, also. It means the might, the one who is mighty, or let me say it like this: it means the many-breasted one. the one who is mighty to nourish. That God has enough that everybody, he can feed everybody. Glory to God. Now watch this. When you think in terms of, of, a, of, of a woman, a mother, a new mother and a new baby, everything that infant, that newborn baby needs, that infant need until it's weaned, is in that mother's milk. Even the first part, the first drink of milk from that mother, it actually contains an inoculation. It kickstarts that baby's immune system. The first milk that comes out of a a mother's breast. It starts, it kickstarts the baby's immune system. Look at God. Are we getting this? Y'all be thinking about, a woman think about this. God is the many-breasted one. See again, here's this Western mind. We can't wait a minute. Wait, hold up, Pastor. Wait. Uh, I just can't see. Uh, just think of the nourishment part and the inoculation part. We lose so much because you know why? Because we have taken sex and and, and made a commodity out of it. Now, that don't mean that didn't happen in the Old Testament because we know it did. But we have to really. Get in here and understand covenant. So, what, did you get to uh, 2 Corinthians? 2 Chronicles, that's right. Chapter 7. Listen at this. In verse 14. We know this, but we haven't put it in this context. I want you to hear it in the context of, of this name. Who is God? He is, the, he is El Shaddai. What does that mean to us? Listen at this. If my people, who's speaking? God is speaking. He's talking to Solomon because Solomon has prayed before God. Some of you may, you know, we, we can quote certain verses, but we never read it in context. Let me give you the context behind this. Solomon has been praying, getting ready to dedicate the temple, in, in, dedicating the temple. And Solomon's saying, God, you've blessed us. You've done all these things for us. And, and we're so appreciative of all you've done. He said, now let me ask you, Because I know how folk are. This is what what Solomon said this to God. He said, I know how folk are. They're going to get blessed, and then they're going to start turning their back on you. So if that happens, and we get in trouble, what can we do? So it's a question. God is answering. Verse 14 is the answer to a question. Look at verse 12. And the Lord appeared to Solomon by night and said unto him, I have heard thy prayer. And I've chosen this place to myself for an house of sacrifice. If I shut up heaven, that there be no rain, or if I command the locusts to devour the land, or if I send a pestilence among my people. Because Solomon has said, what if they get all, you know, and start messing up stuff? He says, now, if my people, look at the next part of that verse. What does it say? Which are called by my name. Wow. Wow. He says, my people are called by my name. My children, India, Charisma, and Michaela, Michaela, are called by my name. Uh-huh. If my people, which are called by my name, because I'm, I'm, I'm their father, so they're called by my name. Glory to God. And he goes on and tells them what, what, what you're called by my name. Humble themselves and pray. Go to Deuteronomy 28. Oh, thank you, Lord. Because we're talking about covenant. Once we get a hold and, 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 and the covenant really becomes alive to us, it's over for, for, for Satan. Hallelujah. Deuteronomy 28. Oh, glory to God. And verse 10. Watch this. And all the people of the earth shall see. All the people of the earth shall see that thou art, what? Called by the name of the Lord. And look at the next part. And they shall be afraid of thee. You know, I can still remember back a few, just a few years ago, when people that were, how would we say, really saved, you know, not that they just went to church, but they lived holy before, and, 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 and folk didn't regularly put their hands on them or talk about them. I, I remember this girl, even in high school uh, these, uh, these sisters and they, they wore, uh, uh, you know, the long dresses and all that stuff. And everybody knew now all of us, most all of us went to church, but we all knew, uh, lead them alone. <laughs> you had, you had respect for that because of the way they carried themselves. So there was a day when, 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 uh, you know, we, we respected that. Go to, we're already here, let's go to Numbers chapter 6. Hallelujah. Numbers chapter 6. That, and, and, and this is what I want to drive in today, talking about that name. I'm El Shaddai. I'm the one who's mighty. He is the Father who knows exactly what you're going through because he has walked it out among us in Jesus Christ. He's the one. God himself came down and walked in that blood with Jesus and cut the covenant between them. That's why in John chapter 17, Jesus could go back in his high priestly prayer and have that prayer and discuss that covenant again. Glory to God. And where, where, where were the disciples? Sleep. Where was Abraham? Sleep. Or Abram? Sleep. Oh, hallelujah. Look at here. Where are we at? Numbers chapter 6. Look at verse 27. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And they shall put my name upon the children of Israel. And they shall put my name upon the children of Israel. This is actually a blessing here. And listen to what it says. And I will bless them. Why does he bless us? Because he sees his name. One nation under God. He sees his name, he blesses us. Bam! Dwight Eisenhower had that added to the Pledge of Allegiance because he said he wanted to distinguish America from the rest of the world as a, as a Christian nation. And they had that added. Glory to God. And now people are fighting to try to get it taken from under there. I mean, I just say, well, go to a nation where they don't want to be under God. And you know what? Those nations call us for help. And you would think that it would dawn at some point And say, but it don't. You know, you, it would think it's at some point that they would go, why don't we try what they're doing? Jeremiah, chapter 14. Oh, thank you, Lord. Glory to God. You know, it's not hard. What's hard is when you try to walk it out without it. you either called by his name or you're called a heathen. Look at verse 9. Jeremiah chapter 14, look at verse 9. And he says, Why shouldest thou be as a man astonished, a stone, as a mighty man that cannot save? Yet thou, O Lord, are in the midst of us. And we are called by thy name. Leave us not. Now, this Old Testament, we don't don't ever have to say, leave us not. Why? Because Jesus always said, I'll be with you wherever you go. I'll never leave you nor forsake you. This Old Covenant, they they had to Lord, don't leave us. Because they were separate. We're not separate from God anymore. He is in us. Thank you, Lord. Daniel. Jump right on over to Mr. Daniel. Daniel chapter nine. Oh, thank you, Lord. Talking about his name. And what's in that name? In verse 19. Oh, glory to God. Daniel, he says, O Lord, hear, O Lord, forgive, O Lord, hearken, and do defer not for thine own sakes, O my God, for thy city and thy people are called by thy name. Do you know what Daniel was saying? He was saying, Lord, now, Y'all remember now, Daniel has found out that they're not supposed to be there, that the 70 years are up. Y'all remember we read in verse 1, 2, and 3? Y'all remember that? Studying the book of Jeremiah. And so he says, oh, Lord, remember. And he says, now, you put your word out there. We are called by your name. So you have to keep your word or you're going to be embarrassed. How many of you know God never has been, never has been, never will be. He's waiting on us to do like them. Glory to God. Go to Acts chapter eleven. Hallelujah. Let's jump over to New Testament and see it. Now there are a whole lot more places that we could have looked and seen this. Because when we take on God's name, God doesn't. Oh uh-uh, no, no. He wants us to, to look like we belong to him, act like we belong to him. Glory to God. We've taken on his name. Shoot. Let me let me tell you something. Man. How how men operate, men think. Men now. I'm not talking about just males. Particularly let me just say, let me say married men. Now married men, their thing is this. They want to keep their wife looking good and riding good. And then they get off to themselves and they 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 brag about it amongst themselves. Yeah, I bought my wife this and I bought my wife that. Why? Because she called by his name. Because She called by his name. <laughs> yeah, it's it's uh, you know, because if what women weren't here on earth, men would never build a car. They wouldn't even build a house. <laughs> You know, be like, what do you need a house for? Get under that tree when it's raining. It'll slow it down. Man, would, look, if it weren't for women, we would never make progress. What you doing? I'm gonna go fishing. Where you pole at? I get one when I get there. <laughs> Glory to God. So we're called by God's name. He wants us to represent him well. And when we do that as men, all we're doing, and we don't even know it, is imitating God. Hmm? We don't want our wife walking around with a dress that's all tore up, shoes that won't stay on her feet, a car that break down every three miles. Hey, man, I saw your wife uh, walking. Yeah, that car didn't quit on her again. I saw your wife working. Yeah, that old car, she got quit on her again. We're waiting on you to say something else. Like, I'm going to get her another one. But that's a male, not a man. Amen. Amen. I guess he's waiting on the male man to get her one. <laughs> Lord, forgive me. <laughs> Acts chapter 11, did y'all find that? Hallelujah. Oh, let's start at verse uh, 20. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Well, I don't want to go that far. I don't want to go that far. Go to 25. Then, then departed Barnabas to Tarsus for to seek Saul. And when he had found him, he brought him unto Antioch. And it came to pass that a whole year they assembled themselves with the church and taught much people. And the disciples were called... Christians first in Antioch. We are called by his name. He is Christ and we are Christians. Thank you, Lord. Nothing has changed. Nothing. God put his name with Abraham's and Jesus put his name on us. And then now, let's close it for today. With this one, go to Mark, the Gospel of Mark. Mark chapter 16, the Great Commission. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Aren't you glad to be called by his name? You know, one of the things you hear so much, somebody pass away and then somebody say, were they saved? Were they a Christian? Were they called by Jesus' name? Did Jesus call them home or did somebody else call them? They answered to somebody. Look at verse 17. Hallelujah. Mark chapter 16, verse 17. And these signs shall follow them that believe. Listen, in my name, we are called by his name. And he said, that, in my name, they shall cast out devils. In my name, they shall speak with new tongues. In my name, if they take up serpents, and, and if they drink any deadly thing, in my name, it shall not hurt them, in my name. In my name, they shall lay hands on the sick, and in my name, they shall recover. We have the name. Abraham had El Shaddai, and he is the God that never, come on, stand on your feet. He is the God that never changes. He is still El Shaddai. He is still Big Daddy. He is still the Almighty. He is still the many-breasted one. He is still the burly father who sits above all. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. His name is still the name above all names. And at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess, everything in heaven and earth, that he is Lord of all. He is Lord of all glory. Aren't you glad that you willingly, joyously bow your knees before him? Thank you, Lord. You don't have to have that big angel come and put his hand on your shoulder and push you down to your knees. That in joy and reverence, we fall on our knees and worship him because he is so good to us.